she scores! Take a moment to look up at the ceiling. You're about to bust through it. SDPN and PWHPA presents Hockey, like you've never heard it before. The Noxie and Cax Show with Liz Knox and Carol Emard. <laughs> Let's get it. Go. Welcome, hockey fans, to the Noxie and Cax Show in partnership with the PWHPA and SDPN. Last episode, we were inspired by Alexis Miller's story of biking across the United States. And today, we have another avid cyclist on our hands. <laughs> she has her degree in neuroscience from St. Lawrence University, has her master's in neuroscience from McGill. She has her own podcast. She represents the Montreal re region, Team Harvey's, with the PWHPA. And she encouraged us to bring a beverage on the show. Please welcome Mel DeRoche. Woo! Hey! <laughs> It's Friday, right? You know, there's very few people that I feel like we were like ready to do this adult podcast with. Not that it's going to be like adult content, but <laughs> Mel's one of them. She's just a good time. Obviously, a very well-educated young lady. So let's bring it back to your childhood before we get into all the neuroscience-y nerd things. <laughs> you right. played with Stony Creek, right? I did. I did. Home of the... The creeks, the people, but <laughs> no, what I love about Stony Creek is that if you go back to the Stony Creek tournament, now the brackets are named after players. I think that's really cool. Oh, really? Oh. Are, is yeah. there a bracket after you? No, I, I mm. clearly wasn't good enough. But I think Jenner has a bracket. <laughs> I think uh, St. Lawrence alumni, Kelly Sabatine has a yeah. bracket. There you go. Shout out to her. Yeah, that's awesome. And you played. So you grew up in Welland, right? Mm -hmm. And you played at Stony Creek and you also played on Team Ontario Blue, which you, you and I bonded over this a little bit, because for those who don't know, there's two Team Ontarios. Team Ontario Red is like the studs of, you know, they're going to be they're Your Brianne Jenner's there, <laughs> you know, like yeah. all your star hockey players. And then there's Team Ontario Blue, which is more. Like the beast, the, the, the heart, Mel. The like, you know, you play with heart. Clear no, yeah, heart. I did play for Team Ontario Blue, but kind of like Noxie, like you, I didn't really know that existed until later on. Like, I played boys hockey up until high school, and okay. then I went, and then I went to Stony Creek, which I was just home this past weekend, and I I have to drive to get back to Montreal, and I was like, damn, this is a long drive. It was like forty five minutes. And uh, I, I used to carpool with uh, Christina Lavoie, who played at UNH. And sometimes we would just drive home. And this is really bad to say now, but you know when you're really tired and then you mm -hmm. get home and you're like, wait, what, what the fuck? How did I just get home? I get like, here? Did I sleep through? It was like <laughs> back <that> roads. <laughs> I'm like, my mom let me do that. And I remember when I got my license, my mom was like, I love you, but I am never driving you to practice again. <laughs> Because like, it was the 45 minutes every time? In 45 minutes, they're back and we practice oh, wow. like late. I would come home at like 11. But Perks that is one thing that hasn't changed. Like these late Perks. practices. <laughs> yeah, We're Last night it. was tough. For I texted Cax. I was like, I, I got home from work at like 7. We practiced at 8. And I was like, and it was our first team practice after COVID restrictions. And I was like, please tell me this is going to be fun because I'm like so <laughs> close to bailing. <laughs> okay. Actually, we should talk about this because uh, here in Toronto, the, the Toronto teams have been able to get on the ice 
full capacity. Like we had the two week lockdown over Christmas where the rinks were closed, but right. before and after that, like we, you know, they're practicing as a team. You guys have been not together. You guys have been in groups of what, two or three, two, two or yeah. three. Yeah. So just like skills, which I mean, it's kind of, I, I think it was like two sides of, of a coin. Cause I kind of appreciated it because we practice only two times a week. And obviously we're going to focus on like systems and like group stuff. And as a defense, I'm like, man, there's only so many big groups I want to do. <laughs> so, so many you know? pivots and back. No, you know, and it's, it's true. It's like you're practicing your defensive role, but it was kind of nice for me to just go back to like basic skills, which I feel is like kind of missing from my game. Yeah, we we had it a bit different where we had during the lockdown in Montreal, there was also a curfew. So our practices were earlier, but yet. Yeah, it was like little groups or groups of twos or three, depending on the household. And then, yeah, more so skill session ran by players as well, too. Cause yeah, because there's no coaches. Yeah, so. they couldn't, like, and too I many people in the same area. I was like, major rules and whatever. So, yeah, professional hockey was a bit uh, different for months, I'd say. Uh, and, and then and now we're back to normal. Just because we're on this topic, this was not, you know, part of <laughs> I know, the original we took plan, a sidebar. We'll get back. <laughs> like, how does that affect then your team culture? Because I'll speak candidly about the team in Toronto. Like, when you're only practicing, this is like a direct result of COVID and, you know, travel restrictions and right. the tour that we've been doing. But when you're only practicing for like weeks on end, Like my, my philosophy is that you're going through those like emotional roller coasters that you have in a game, but you're doing it in practice. So it's like, you only take your frustrations out on the people around you. Like it can be a really tough environment to be in, honestly, because you don't have wins and losses. Like if you yeah. go out and you suck, like, you know, you come, sometimes that, that's what brings a team together, but now you're just like, Oh, well, I sucked in that drill. And now we're like, oh, no, I'm just the worst player on the team. Like you know? <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot of that. Like I'll tell you, I feel like every time I get in line, I'm just like, wow, when did I become bad at? <laughs> like, <laughs> and we're all, I think yesterday, since it was our first time back, like I, I could tell you it was very like positive atmosphere. Yeah. We're just so happy to see each other. And Um, our execution definitely wasn't there, but I think we all like forgave ourselves for it. Yeah, better. <laughs> but better I think <laughs> like in general, this whole pandemic, it's already we've had, we have such a low frequency of playing time just we, since we lost our, our league. Right. Mm -hmm. And the, the dream gap tour and the secret tour is like definitely helping because it gives us some games, but it's still not at the frequency we'd all like. Right. Yeah, of course. And you know, getting motivated, especially after like working long days to just go hard and practice, knowing that your next game is like two months from now is, is challenging. And I think it wears on us, but yeah, I, think I don't you know see when the passion's there, you just find a way you find the joy in it. Like being on team blue, you know, <laughs> we didn't make, the, we didn't make the best team, but we were there but, though, but we were there though. We had fun. Honestly, If we want to bring it back to Team Blue and, and Red, I think it's just Ontario has so many good hockey players. I, I felt like no shame playing on that Team Blue. Like, of course, I would have played, wanted to play on Team Red, but gave us all the more reason to, to try and beat Team Red. I think you have finals, if, if not triple, of like the pool size of any other provinces. So it makes total sense to why there's two teams too. Um, yeah. And Team Blue was super hard to play against. Like, it's not like it was a, it was a, a clear win for other. No, I think groups either. Like 
It was, I think it was my good. year we went to the finals. And team blue, lost. team red. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> Shoot, did Quebec you guys didn't go... make it. God damn, it. that's that's <laughs> rare. I will say. <laughs> and did you guys do Teen Ranch when you were you eighteen? Did you guys go to Teen Ranch? I don't think so. Because when not... when I was like you eighteen, they used to take us out to this place. I think it's in Orangeville, but I don't know because I wasn't really driving at the time. And like they basically like, put you up in like houses. And I, the only reason why I ask is because I vaguely remember like the girls from team blue breaking into the rooms of the girls on team red. Cause we were just like shit, the servers, right? Like yeah, we're yeah. like, we're not the stars. <laughs> like we're just there to have a good time. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I can't remember who it was. You were for I sure I part of it. Don't even act oh. like you don't remember it. No, I, was <laughs> I vaguely remember someone going through, you were part of this. And I can't vaguely I, remember picking a lock. I can't remember <laughs> whose bed it was, but we grabbed the mattress. I mean, they grabbed the mattress and we sent it out on this like canoe. It wasn't like a lake. It was like a man-made pond. But there's okay. like always these like back and forth Amazing. pranks that would happen in between red and blue but obviously team red typically got the last laugh um you know actually winning the hockey the games but yeah in the championship yeah. game. but it was you good fun. fun yeah exactly yeah, but i was i played with richard so you have to ask her after because i'm pretty sure we made it to the finals and, oh, okay. and lost to team red but that's i weirdly have familiar. a really bad memory <laughs> And she is a genius. So it's, oh, yes, that is true. No, no. So before we get to your big brain, that will probably just have I wear a small helmet, here. okay? <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about your family. Uh, you grew up in Welland, as you said. Um, I'm assuming that this, you know, neuroscience brain didn't just, you know, appear out of nowhere. What do your parents do? Do you have siblings? Tell us about your family. My, I have one older brother, so my, my mom's originally from Montreal, so that's why I speak French. And it's funny that we switched spots. She moved to Welland when she was younger because her family moved there, and I uh, left the nest and went to Montreal and never came back. <laughs> um, but, I mean, both my parents had, like, what I, like very blue-collar jobs. I mean, I think it was just, like, a, a product of of their financial circumstances when they were younger, they, they didn't really have a lot of money. So I, I, you know, going and getting higher education really wasn't kind of in the cards for them. My, my dad actually worked in a steel factory in, awesome. in Hamilton, his entire career, incredibly smart man. As far as like he, his job was literally just to take apart things that like huge machinery that didn't have manuals and fix them and rebuild them. <laughs> so he, wow. he's, he's, he's very, like he visual and anything it. right now. Yeah. yeah. And my, it's translated to my brother, less so me, <laughs> but, but, and then my mom works for um, Canadian tire and like uh, their corporate offices. She did like it stuff. Um, you know, she, she has a college degree, went to Niagara college, but you know, I think just like anything else, higher education, just because you have it, uh, it's mainly a product of like privilege. So, mm -hmm. you know, my smarts come from my parents, certainly. <laughs> I think, like, uh, you know, we lived in a household where asking questions was just always encourage, encouraging. And, like, you know, that comes from my dad a lot, where it's just like, oh, you want to know how something works? Take it apart. See, see what's inside. And my brother is exactly like him. Like, my childhood was him and I in the garage. Me mainly, like, hanging out and, like, packing tools. But, like, <laughs> you know, putting a motor in an old couch and we're us like ripping around the lawn. <laughs> what? 
Yeah. Like, what? He, he would, and like looking back, I'm like, why did you let us use all these power tools? <laughs> like, <laughs> like at a very young um and building forts but um you know sports wise it's funny like both my parents are very athletic but not at a competitive level and I financial reasons like my my dad never played hockey he played broom ball which apparently was extremely popular back in the day I don't retirement sport I can see us getting into that, gal. Man, us running on the ice, (laughs) Noxy, breaking hips. Yeah, seriously, enemies. And and that sport, I don't know. I looked at some video. It was full contacts in a rank, but just with shoes. (laughs) Can't get it crazy. So, but my dad played that because it was cheap. And he he did gymnastics actually in high school and he was very good. Um, But again, you you could do it in high school. He's like, now they definitely don't make, like, they don't allow you to do <laughs> dangerous. Like kids can't even play with uh, the rubber dodgeballs anymore. <laughs> do you guys remember That's those? fact. Yeah. Like those, those stingers. Like yeah. Sound I can hear the sound. In the, <laughs> the welts he would leave from gym class. Uh, and they're always but, uh, like a little deflated. So it would like mm-hmm. literally slap. Like it's just. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just morph around your leg, you know, <laughs> and bounce back. But um, no, so like everyone was super athletic and um, in their own right. Um, my brother grew up playing hockey and that's the reason I, I played hockey. When I was little, my mom had stuck me in dance early on and I, I used to dance. Believe that's where she gets her move. You know? Yes, different, okay. different stage now, you know, <laughs> but <laughs> What's, uh, what was your what was your preferred dance you know uh were you contemporary or were you uh, (laughs) i did ballet and tap and jazz but i would say my preferred one was none um (laughs) (laughs) like like, i i don't i don't remember like love i kind of liked it but i didn't have i think i would have liked it later on in life i didn't have the temperament to just like Mm. in and and do exactly what they wanted like i kind of i had too much energy it's like oh move let's do this and they're like that's not what we're doing today you're um, probably asking questions as they were teaching you moves oh probably why? just annoying mal is like that it's like <laughs> gosh if any coaches or any things that we were doing it was like oh, it's you could you could actually for sure hear mal at some point um okay but why are we doing this again or why <laughs> is this happening or and I was it, like, I it never stopped <laughs> Because okay, when the CWHL folded, yes. right? Oh right. yeah, I had deep had a phone questions call. on those calls. <laughs> Mel, I always call. have a question. <laughs> I won't say who it was with or what the content was, but it was like I had like prepared a sheet of paper because I was the head of the CWHL PA, and I was like, hey, you know, I'm gonna like fight for our rights, and like I didn't even need to be on that call. Mel was just like, um, excuse me, no, why? Like nitpicking every little thing that they said, and I was just like, well. Case closed. <laughs> My lawyer will now speak for me. Like it was, it's incredible. And that's honestly part of what definitely drew, uh, you know, me to you. And I'm sure your teammates as well. So we will switch now to St. Lawrence a little bit. You guys, okay. did you guys overlap at SLU? The two of oh, you? Yeah, guys? we overlapped for two years. Two years. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. you got to give us the real inside because we've had a lot of conversations on the show about the kind of player that Cax is. Oh right? God. She has this reputation that she's a little bit chippy, but you've been her teammate now for many moons. So I want your, 
your insight into Cax's game? I mean, factual. Like, okay, I'll, I'll we'll go back to SLU, but if you want a story about just Cax, don't do Jackie. It's no. <laughs> okay, thank. You. No, no, I was gonna do Noom. Okay, this is now with. Oh like, yeah, Noom is better. Yeah, that's a this good is just a story. Like it is practice. We're doing two like one on one battles, and this drill was like one on one battles in the corner, and then like back checks to the other end of the ice get a rest and battle again and it's the drill like no one really likes doing to be honest like you're just kind of like this is a hidden conditioning bag skate and you're you're fighting against the same person the like same person from one end over to over another again. corner to another corner to coming back so yeah. i'm with this same person and it's with lake canadian so it's after yeah college, actually but yeah yeah but like this is just the best example because in college you were very chippy but i like in practice was just like hard but this this is like ingrained into my mind because i was next in line so normally in these drills if you have a good guys you know battle hard that's what i was trying to do battle <laughs> yeah, hard no like, come on cats, give me a cats and noom were like going at it to the point that nazi the puck just didn't move okay sitting there and it was just cross check cross check cross check like no one is going for the puck it just like let me see if i could literally knock you down like it got just so intense like one, one got intense real like for one i guess rep we go down the ice i go back i'm like oh this is just like accelerating i'm like should we intervene me and the other girl like and at one point we literally were like we literally break them up because they were just fighting at that point <laughs> no it wasn't that <laughs> bad the puck wasn't there and then finally you guys are just like no, is just as intense as Max. It's like, yeah, that's the way we. <laughs> I'm just like, whoa. Okay, what happened exactly is that we're okay. behind the net. Let me describe. So no, I'm like, yes, crunch check and hits. Everything happens like on the other side. So we come back in there. I grab the puck and she comes in and kind of like, like hits me good, but then also like gets me in the one knee that I'm hurting, and then something flipped in my oh, mind. No. I yeah, was you just like, the switch. Oh yeah, I just turn around and I pretty much flipped her and I didn't mean to, but it happened. <laughs> Boom. And then on there, I took the pocket. I took a shot and I just left. And then she came, she chased me down the ice. So I'm like, Frick, we're about to fight. Like this is about <laughs> to like, she's, and this is Noemi Marin, number 10 for the Canadian. Oh, I know. You know oh, yeah. who she is, right? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, like I'm getting a slash in like the next two seconds and something's <laughs> happening. And she just like pushes me. She's like, I love it. And I was like, <laughs> Let's I thought go. I was about to like needed to punch you. No. Like, just, like, like you're that, that was that was like, the the peak. But like you know, everyone knows on that drill, you're supposed to take a chill. Yeah, I guess it depends who I'm going against. But yeah, yeah. she she I match the other person's uh, intensity. I'd intensity, say at times. Yeah. Um, so Cat's yeah. very physical. At Slu, my memories of her is yeah, like practicing hard one thing but cax is very much an energy driver so if if someone was bringing just a team down at practice she was not shy to be like <laughs> just leave if you don't want to be here kind of <laughs> you didn't say it but your body language was like you would get you would get really just an impossibly hard pass <laughs> like it would be like a two-foot pass and if you weren't paying attention she literally took a slap shot be like why aren't you catching that <laughs> message sent yeah yeah get your, get your head out of your ass and then they do yeah. a good shot on that and i'm like yeah about no time. but it was, it was good it was good you're definitely an energy driver like if but even even still now 
if you're at practice, you know, there's those people on your team that, I don't know, just bring the just, energy. If they're not there, it's like a little flat. Our coach was very much like that. Yeah. Not a That's lot of St. Lawrence. Yeah. yeah. And if he wasn't at practice, it was just like, I don't know. <laughs> so, okay. My, my next question for you, Mel, is that I took sociology in university. Okay. Which is a, a, a good degree. I enjoyed yes. it. Lots of writing supposed to be lots of reading. I did a lot of skimming, but you took neuroscience and you played on the varsity hockey team, obviously. And I'm sure that's not all you did. So how, how did you balance this? How do you like, I, I can only imagine the workload that you had in your undergrad and then in your master's program. So talk a little bit about kind of balancing your two, two hats. I, I think, um, I don't know. Like when you're in it, it's, it's hard to know exactly where you're, I think I, in retrospect, I was extremely organized. Um, and I, I was a procrastinator. So I can't say that I was like getting assignments done, like on time. I, I work really well under pressure, which is it's kind of bad. Cause you know, you could probably do even better work if you plan it <laughs> and pull all nighters, but like, I wasn't doing things a week ahead of <laughs> diamonds are made under pressure. That's yeah, right? that's what gets you going. Ooh, and, like and I think, I think also, cause like we're so busy when, when you do have a, like a little bit of downtime, it, I, I, I gave myself that I was like, you know, I'm also here to enjoy myself. Um, I think it's, it's organized. And I attended class. Like I, I rarely miss class cause I knew if I, was, I would be there. I would like at least absorb something, hopefully, if I'm not sleeping, which <laughs> sometimes happen, you know, we can't help it. <laughs> but, but I'm, I'm very much like if, if I heard it and I, I could study it after, I, I don't know, I get like a flashback of what was said. So for me, it's just going to class and being and organized. When you like, say you're organized, because I'm always curious, like there's people who are organized in their thoughts and there's people who are like, like borderline OCD. Like for me, like I like things to be in their spots. How was your, like, how was your dorm life? Let's say like, were you, were yeah. you a messy, messy student or were you as organized outside as you were in your head? Um, I, I'm pretty, pretty organized. My mom would disagree because when she would <laughs> my college dorm, it was always quite clean and she's, and I go home and my room was like a disaster. <laughs> like, I don't understand why you can keep your dorm room clean, but you can't keep your, your bedroom clean at home. I go, because my bedroom at home is not my living space. It's a big right. it's my closet. I just sleep and I put my clothes there. Like, so that's different. The difference for me there, but I, I'm pretty organized. I, I don't, I, it doesn't, I wouldn't say it, it, like I have a tick or OCD in the sense that if something's misplaced, um, it stresses me out. Right. But well, how, how do you organize your books? By color. There we go. <laughs> so yeah. let's, let's, uh, that's how I wanted to get to this. Yes. But you know, you know, you know, your, your, your skills. I have yeah. very bad, like episodic memory or like names. Like I could tell you fun facts, but it's probably missing a bunch of details. What's <laughs> heard something about this, but so books are the same. I know good books based on what the book cover looks like. I love It's very hard now because I, I read on a Kindle a lot and mm and i listen to a lot of audiobooks but now i literally forget books i've read people are like what you read this year i have to open it and then i'm like oh yes this was a good one <laughs> man it's a lost art so okay in liz knox terms 
I want you to try to explain to us what neuroscience is and what specifically what you studied or what you mastered in. All right. So neuroscience is an umbrella term for kind of the studying the biology of a nervous system. Um, it's, it's a really, there's like a lot of topics you can study. For example, in my master's, I studied C. elegans, which is like a tiny nematode. And I looked at individual neurons and how they function where my friend studies post-mortem brains. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, he has e- extremely cool research, much cooler than mine. I like to... Th- I mean, worms are cool too. Right? Yeah, I like cool. Think- I mean, you actually studied the, their navigation, whatever thing, like yeah. whatever happens there, like the, in the, the little tiny worm. Yeah, so like people will be like, what, why do we care about like a C. elegant, a worm, and... Um, we don't really care that much (laughs) from a neuroscience perspective, obviously ecology might say something differently, but it's a model organism because it's, it it grows quickly. Like the turnover is like, you have one parent and then you have like 300 little worms in like three days. So it's easy to study compared to a human or primates or rats. I mean, just weren't for me. I was I'm not not going to use that study. They're extremely smart. I just didn't want to like take care of them. So the reason I studied it is because even though it's a worm and it only has 302 neurons and humans have like a billion, right? They, they everyone function, knows that. Yeah, everyone knows that. Okay. Well, now you do. It's a fun fact you could pull out of the party. Um, <laughs> Did you know that? <laughs> you only get certain types of people interested. <laughs> Not everyone's the right team. ones though, right? Now? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but um, no, so it, it's, it's like, even though it's a worm, it's neurons function much in the same, like our own. So you could really get into the nitty gritty of it. So I, I studied in three years, two neurons. So two small cells that help worms navigate. And even though they're a simple creature they're, they're quite smart and can, you can teach them behaviors and the neurons i was studying is um kind of like navigation so how how do they know what's in their environment and how do they get there and i really looked at neural activity so um not to get too too complex but neurons work basically with uh kind of electrical signals so a little bit like a plug they're on and off so i, I looked at patterns and and what causes them to be on and how long are they on for? And, you know, this is, this is really like precise stuff in a sense, like in a global perspective, you know, people might not care, but this is how science builds on each other. You start with the nematode, you learn what they're doing there, and then usually build into larger model organisms, like a fish, then a mouse, rat, maybe a primate. Um, and then you have my friend Daniel who studies like postmortem brains and, you know, relies on some of the basic science research that I've done in my lab and some of my colleagues have done. So that's what I studied in, in my master's degree. And um, in, in undergrad, it was just a, a general neuroscience degree, which is, I mean, you get a global look at how does memory look, what do drugs do in your brain, the genetics of it. I, I extremely loved it. And I think it's product of St. Lawrence going to a small school. I got really close with the neuroscience professors there. And um, they, I don't know, you know, how you have these people that could change the course of your life. And uh, I really enjoyed my neuroscience degrees. And 
you know, people ask because I don't currently work as a neuroscientist, but <laughs> but I think it's like I don't know. People question why don't you work in that field? It's, I don't know. I'm I'm not like a every step needs to lead to the traditional path. I mean, right. I've learned an incredible yeah. skill sets doing my master's degrees, and well, I think it translates really well to my everyday life. I think that you're a model organism. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my contribution. Both physically and, in, and intellectually. And right? intellectually. <laughs> so speaking of which, because obviously, you know, you see the world through a very different lens than I would say the average person. Um, <laughs> you started a podcast called Away From The Play. And you don't just talk about sports. And this is, this is why I love, you know, this is why I love you. And this is why I love the podcast is that you and Safia, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, kind of tackle a, a little bit of everything. It's kind of just, it, it is more of like an open discussion about uh, current events and sports and, you know, the role that sports play in the world and the, you know, role that the world play in sports. So why don't you tell us a little bit about why you guys started yeah. this and um, you know, kind of your favorite episodes or, or where it's led you that, you know, you're thankful for. Yeah. I mean, the podcast has been an incredible experience. Unfortunately, like we're not doing it as much now. It is, as you will learn, quite time consuming. And I've, I've transitioned, <laughs> I've transitioned into some, some more serious roles at work. That's kind of pulling me away from, from that side passion. But honestly, we started it basically for our love of podcasts. You, you hear about podcasts. Everyone knows what a podcast is now, right? Yeah. But you know, seven years ago, which is not when we started our podcast, but in grad school, like I would talk to someone about a podcast. I, no one knew what they were. <laughs> and um, I met Safia because she was working for the Canada Den um, in like our um, social, social media stuff me- and not what, like our comms part. girl. Yeah. And, you know, we they had asked like a certain podcast had asked uh, hockey players to join. So we went and she like escorted us there. And uh, we just both said like, we love podcasts. We should start one like a day one. <laughs> We're like, what's it going to be about? I don't know. And uh, like a year later, we, we started, um, it was, it was called like the last stretch at first. It's kind of transition roles because um, we did want to, at first it was very much kind of just talking about sports. And I think yeah. what you learn is like, and I think there's just been like a big cultural movement in, in the past years. It's like, you can't look at sports in a silo. Um, you know, they're not just athletes and they have a lot of support staff and, you know, we're all in the past and still now in, in major media outlets, we're mainly in the athlete and the stars. And we really wanted to shed light on like support staff, you know, people like ha- what, what is the ecosystem that, uh, these high performing athletes like rely on and not even high performing athletes. Like, we one episode knocks you want to know that like just stood out is the woman who set the world record for a plank. It was like six wow. hours. Like yeah. th- speaking to her, this, this girl, I, I, I'd have to fact check because I'm not sure if it was six hours, but just incredibly long. Like, and speaking Planking. to her, she's just like, she's just one day was like, Oh, I want to see how long I can plank for. And she set a goal and like setting a goal like that. And every day she would just train one hour, two hours and like so regimented. So, you know, highlighting people like that, who <laughs> you're not seeing them on the TSN highlights, but right, that deserves some credit. So I think, you know, it just started 
with a passion for, for people is like that. where the podcast like- comes. And we both love sports and we love looking at sort of the intersection of sports and different facets of life. I love that. And then seeing, you know, their processes or their journey journeys, which are usually either similar or completely different, but yet are working Mm -hmm. in the same field or touching, like, how do you get an athlete to perform versus like, as an athlete, what do you do? Which is usually what we hear about more often than not. So now that I, I remember that one podcast too, the episode (laughs) about that, I was like, I lasted four minutes That's one time crazy. Like, four minutes man i'm happy one I time it was a record <laughs> oh, no yeah. it's crazy i'm like i'm just my oh el- everything hurts about like my elbows hurt <laughs> about that like, like how do you cope how are you just not shaking i don't know mm-hmm. so we also speaking of tolls on your body we yeah. kind of alluded to this in the intro perfect we had cross on last episode and she raced across the states uh on her bike and <laughs> We learned through CAX that you also biked across, but Canada by yourself yeah. from BC oh, yeah. to PEI. Yes, it was so, not a race, a non race. Well, <laughs> and and l- let me introduce this too. She goes, CAX, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this bike trip. It's gonna be sick. I'm gonna go to fly to BC with my bike, and then I'm gonna bike back. And I was like, who who else? Like she's like, oh no, I don't I don't need anyone. Like if you want to do it and come for a couple of days, like yeah, sure. I'm like, I'm gonna get a scooter first of all if I go <laughs> by you or and it, like, and I'm like, yeah, sure, I could maybe join you at at a certain point within like the race. I never did it, my bad. Like honestly, but the girl pitched a tent places, and I hope you go in, into certain details and 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 event because i was like mel can you please communicate with us at some point oh, yeah. we just my mom was not happy <laughs> my mom was my mom was freaking out bc to pei right pretty much like fully halifax, halifax all, the way. Bad. all the way nice whoa okay, okay so t- tell Let's us go. what happened yeah well i was i'm not i wasn't like it avid cyclist going into this. I, I moved in grad to a bike. <laughs> yeah, I bike a little bit here and there. I bike to work because she biked everywhere in Montreal. Yes. Too, so I I'm didn't like, have a car. Okay. I was a poor grad student. She'd leave and, the house, like people's houses at 11. I please text us when you get oh, home. Oh yeah. I, I rode my bike, bike everywhere. Like <laughs> a nice restaurant. No shame. Shows I got up with her helmet. helmet. Hey guys. <laughs> Safety is sexy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but Mel's here, everyone. <laughs> Bikes around her, her arms, just walked oh, in. <laughs> yeah, all oh, about that one time someone stole my bike, stole stole my ride. Montreal. <laughs> Still so resentful. Yeah, anyway, well so I, I biked all around the city, um, you know, for three years. Well, my entire time I was in Montreal up until my bike trip, and I was thinking I was graduating. I was trying to, you know, think about what to do with my life. Everyone's been there. We're all still there. Um, and I knew I kind of wanted to take some time off because after my undergrad, I, I went to grad school like two months after I just kind of jumped right into it. And uh, I, did, I didn't want to jump into a job because, you know, the, the world was going to tell you get a job. Like, right. I, I was like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't want to get stuck in a job and, you know, accumulate some some debt in the sense like I bought like a car and then I need to to stick in this shitty job because I I need to pay off stuff so I 
I, I read on the, like a magazine thing, which is so funny. And I was like, in a magazine. I, I don't even know where I picked it. I think it was a magazine my <laughs> roommate had um, about bike touring. And I had never heard of bike touring, but it's essentially like backpacking uh, uh, on a bicycle. And I was like, that sounds extremely cool. And, you know, I, I thought about doing it abroad, but I was like, okay, you know, what if I hate this and I like to fly sketchy. across the world? Yeah. So, <laughs> so I was like, uh, you know, if I, if I do Canada, then I'll start in Vancouver. And I was like, if I get to Calgary and I'm like, ah, this is not for me. Well, sell my bike and I fly home and we go on the next adventure. So, um, anyways, I, I, I planned the trip and I found out like so many people have done this in the past. Like it, it you know, a lot of people do this every year and it happened to be I was doing it on Canada's like 150 so in retrospect like on my trip I met so many people doing it because it's oh, like so their cool. bucket list and um I don't know I I just I just bought a bike all the gear and I I flew to Vancouver I assembled my bike in in the lobby of the airport and I just well because you had the know-how from your dad from building yes you motors. Know, <laughs> Roger just like gave me a tutorial on how to like clean my bike chain <clears throat> that's the thing too everyone's like oh did you know how to fix i'm like mm, figure it out when we get there and perfect <laughs> attitude right there no I, worries like, I, had, in the world. I had the basic stuff you know i was like um it should be okay and then i i literally biked out of the airport like through the automatic doors just like right going on an adventure and i I don't know. It was an incredible trip. And I started off alone and, you know, and I, I will say I, there was very few times I was scared, like maybe one time I was sketched out and, um, but like everyone I met was incredibly nice on my trip. I, it day two, I met a German guy who I, I biked like two weeks with him. That first wow. night was maybe the night I was sketched out. Cause like, and he was maybe sketched out too. You know, you meet yeah. this, you meet this random person on the side of the road and it's very easy to identify each other because we both ride bikes with a bunch of stuff on it. Right. And, you know, I had kind of seen him. So I was like, Hey, someone's going that way. And then we were going, he was going to Calgary and I was, you know, going to pass through Calgary. So we, uh, we were like, do you want to bike together? Where are you camping tonight? <laughs> you know, we pitched our tents next to each other. And I was like, but make it through tonight. He's a good guy. <laughs> Just roll the dice, see what happens. <laughs> no, I don't know. I pretty like, much. I don't know. I, maybe I have you a, had like, faith in humanities. This yeah, it this and way. I don't like know. You... I feel like I'm a decent judge of character, and like, yeah. if you're meeting someone on a bicycle, like they have to have a similar mentality to you. Like, I would be more sketched yeah. out if someone with like a truck was like, "Can I pitch Something. my tent next to you or something?" Yeah, but. We had an incredible time together, him and I. We ended up going all the way to Jasper, like added two weeks to our trip because it was just so beautiful. And we we met other people who were like, just keep going north. And we we're like, all right. All right. Why not? Why not but, taking um, a bit more and having some yeah, stops yeah. and drinking well, beers the, here and there? Unlike Cross, <laughs> I didn't, you know, it wasn't a race. And like, I knew I just needed to, I wanted to get to Halifax by the end of, like summer or winter at this point. And so right. I ran out of money. So, and I think, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, 
I was didn't have a lot of money. <laughs> tell you, <laughs> pitch a tent, have your beans and whatever food. Yeah, you need yeah. What did you there. eat on this trip? Because you're obviously packing a lot. So I mean, I'm yeah. sure you could stop at like WalMarts and stuff along the way. But what were you eating? What was your diet? Yeah. So that's the thing too. Like people assume we had to pack, and I say we because like in the early days we kind of did because in the Rockies there are less uh, amenities. So there we we packed like, camping food. So we ate like you know like weird pasta and like whatever you can put in a pot or boil like right. eggs. Um, and then most of the trip after that, like I, I would always be hitting a town. So I would either go out to eat or I'd buy like, you know, a nice steak or something um, because I didn't have to carry it with me. Yeah. May as well enjoy. <laughs> that was a couple of splurges, but I, I got fed. I got fed a lot because I, I used this app called Warm Showers, which is, um, I don't know if people have heard of couch surfing. Yeah. So Warm Showers is for couch surfers, but who are on bikes. So there's an app and um, whenever, whatever, if there's a host near your city, you could contact them and ask them if you could stay with them. And at the bare minimum, they have to offer you a a hot shower. (laughs) And a place to pitch your tent. <laughs> one star, one hot shower, two stars, hot shower, and a glass and of a water. Yeah, hey. yeah. No, seriously, it was so it was so funny. And I didn't tell my mom I was using this app at first. And then once I've used it a couple of times, I I, I told her and she she freaked out. And then I was like, I was like, it's like Airbnb in a sense, like guests, you know, review the host, the host right. reviews you. So obviously I stayed with people that had exceptional reviews, and um, some of these people host you know, cyclists all, all summer, because a lot of people are doing this trip and my mom ended up hosting people. So she, she got to know like the community oh. and stuff. And Aww. you guys people, just give them back. She was, you know, and, um, the, like, I'm telling you, I thought it was going to be like young kind of people on this app. It was, it was a lot of older people, like people, my parents age who, <clears throat> who used to cycle, like, uh, back in the days and now they just want to host cyclists. Like I, I kid you not Scared in Canmore, I stayed with this family. It was, it was actually raining when I was, had left um, Banff heading down to Canmore and it was kind of a long cold day, uh, which is unfortunate because apparently that's a very beautiful stretch. <laughs> <the Rockies. laughs> but uh, Andy, the German guy I was with uh, got like uh, two flat tires and now we literally had no tube. So we're on the side of the highway. Thankfully, we had some beers. So him and I are just sitting on the side of the highway in the pouring rain, drinking beers because our host had said, like, to them, we're going to be late. Like, we got two, two flat tires. So like, don't worry, we'll come pick you up. So this guy comes, picks us up, like, brings us to his home. That is incredibly nice. Okay. We, we did our laundry. We had, like oysters and salmon what? and like wow oh my god like bougie. we got treated bougie we loved it so much we asked if we could stay another night <laughs> um, <laughs> we had two amazing. warm showers Seriously. two warm no so there was a lot of people like that throughout my trip and i don't know i the, the deeper i got into canada like there's nothing like seeing your country at that slow pace like it is extremely beautiful like and the people are so kind everywhere. And I I don't know, it was a very transformative experience because when, when your only goal that day, your only stress that day is just go a little bit further. It, 
it allows you like a lot of time slow down. to sl- yeah and maybe like maybe it might be not be good for everyone like that much introspection <laughs> but but yeah, probably pretty spiritual kind of yeah adventure and that like, you're on though right yeah and you just really like let your mind wander when you're sitting for a couple hours on the bike and I, I don't know it's I would highly suggest that type of trip like that's even very if, cool even if it's like supported because sometimes they'll have people like carry your stuff um you know there was one in Europe Kaxi was saying <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah they actually take your suitcases to the next like stop yeah. and then oh, you wow. just bike to another country yeah which which um, could be nice yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some fun one, like, you know, wineries supply and vineyards. Like, you can't do those ones. <laughs> that sounds yeah, yeah, more up our You don't want to shower for one week. Yeah. <laughs> I think going on those a bit better. And pitching, and pitching e-bikes, too, are options. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so, uh, I, I, so days I, I didn't I didn't use warm showers, Noxy. I just pitched my tent in, like, wherever I found. Figure it space. out, eh? Yeah. yeah. Like, Put all the- trip, I spent $100 on accommodation. Wow. That's I, it? I, That's I, crazy. I, yeah. I got like two campgrounds. The rest I just rivers. That's crazy. On the side of the highway, just pitch a tent there. No, I never on the side. I was going okay. to the town. Okay. But like okay, baseball diamonds, I discovered were oh, like smart. Kind of a safe spot because no one it. was going to say anything. <laughs> okay, no, so I love it. I so love speaking it. of transformative, we have to bring it back to hockey. We got yeah, way down. I'm go there. <laughs> our, our little, I love our, my trip so much. Trip. I get so deep. <laughs> No, it's amazing. It's it's a it obviously a very impactful time for you. So we do want to talk about the transformation though between the CWHL into the PWHPA, and you were co-authored on uh, Dr. Courtney Cito, good friend of the show, good friend of the yeah. PWHPA, amazing individual, um, on an article entitled hashtag For the Game: Social Change and the Struggle to Professionalize Women's Hockey. Um, just want to get your Cole's notes on the perspective that you gave to the article and also like, why was this so important for you to use the voice that you had at that time? I mean, you know, Hey, we have to give so much credit to, to Courtney. Like, you know, we're authors on it, but she definitely, I'm, I'm not going to hide the fact that she like steamrolled this thing, but I think, you know, it's important to give our perspectives because it's our lived experience. So what better voice to, to explain what we were feeling and, and, and the importance of it, because sometimes it's for sure people, people can analyze what they think is best for women's sport, but until you're in it and you're a player and you kind of sense that I'm going to use the word despair because like the, the C-dub closing was like, I, I didn't think it was going to have that impact <laughs> until like we were on that, terrible terrible phone call like I cried yeah. I, like I didn't know I was gonna cry like because you know unfortunately when you as a woman like a female hockey player you I don't know you always know your career is gonna end when you're not ready right and, you know hopefully that will be true you know in the coming years but when it, when it happens and you aren't ready and you haven't convinced yourself that it's okay um you know, it was very hurtful. And I, I think we deserve so much more. And I think, you know, the paper speaks to that. And like, you know, the the broader literature, well, I, I was going to say is now on board, but we we, we just saw some shitty articles. <laughs> it was just one. It was just one, one step got, forward, one got, step back. Yeah. That, I mean, there's going to be the naysayers. And I think, it, you know, 
it's an important to, to see the bigger picture, right? And the, go ahead. Sorry. The thing I was just going to say was like um, the interesting way that Courtney posed the whole article was that she's asking players who have now lived the CWHL experience and now seen it fold. She's asking us genuinely what our experience of professional women's hockey is. And the funny thing is in a weird way, professional women's hockey, we've done a really good job the last like 10 or 20 years trying to, you know, we're trying to earn credibility by coming across as professional as possible. Oh yeah. You know, we're well taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's good. Like never complaining to the public guy, but behind the scenes, this was our opportunity to say our truth, which is like, you know what? I've, I've shown up to ranks and they haven't had a shower for us to change, like to shower in after the game. Like I've gone to events and they don't know who we are. Like, why am I volunteering my time here? And so we'll take it to your Lake Canadian days. Cause I, I'm sure you guys have some great stories to share, but this was our reality in the CDHL. Yeah. And this is by and large, still a reality that, you know, professional women's hockey faces today. So take it to Lake Canadian Cax. Well, I, I'll set up the stage Mel. And, and I think honestly, like Lake Canadian, uh, we were lucky on top of like saying like how yeah. it felt to be professional. Like I, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. Like it, we hit it. Like we hid a lot because we wanted people to take us seriously because we wanted the visibility and and more and more. Um, But I think that the group around the teams, and we've alluded to that, you and I, the volunteers, the passions of those people around the group made it so that it felt professional in, in certain areas. And I think Montreal was lucky to have such a big group. So I know when we joined Mel and I the same year, like Lake Canadiens was like fan base was already kind of like established. Like yeah. we had a good momentum. I think we just kind of signed what they said was a partnership with Lake Canada, Montreal Canadians. Uh, and then people were like, my God, this is amazing. And then we all yeah. have to say like, yeah, it's phenomenal. It's great. Yeah. It's we love that. it. But what did they do for us? They we lent no us clue. their colors. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We had no clue what they were going to bring to our, our team. And technically we probably brought more to them in a sense of like, they're supporting women. They're supporting. Right. Women. Yeah. That's the right thing to do. They're, yeah. They're, we were their token. It is it felt yeah. a little bit like we did yeah. gain, you know, momentum and visibility a little bit just because they associated the two teams, but professionally, like I agree, like I, every year, I remember some of our teammates asking Brenda, when are we getting our sticks? Right. Because they were promised to us like a few years past or b- like back. And, you know, that's all they wanted. Can we get equipment? Like, can we get yeah. decent equipment? Like not what I would, you know, buy from my nephews. That's 10 years old. Like I want professional stuff. Like I need to play with good equipment. I need to like perform at a different level. And, and it's, it's, you know, the road trips where you get to a hotel and, and, you, you don't know like if they're ready for us, if they're not, are yeah. there meals there are like, yeah. this was like, honestly, and- NCAA in college was the feel of what professionals should kind of like be like, right. Yeah. Like NCAA or like CIS at the time and the U yeah. um, you're well taken care of. There's someone that's in charge yeah. of ops. There's someone that's in charge of everything from a staff, right? Like, we need to take care of a lot of little things in order to make it feel as well. Yeah. And, and it's always like step-based. I mean, you kind of just become complacent with yeah. what you get sometimes. And I think that's, that's the issue. And I mean, as 
in a lot of facets of life. Well, it's better than it was, but yeah, <laughs> is that yeah. where it should be? Right? Because like yeah. we could say the NCAA is a you know is definitely the way we were treated was a step above probably what we were getting treated in in the CW. Yeah. But we just saw with uh, you know March Madness on the women's side. Well, now yeah. it's March Madness, I think. Like. Yeah. What did the women get for their gym? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so there's, there's always progress to be made and, you know, playing for the Canada's end was, I mean, it was, it was an incredible experience, but again, it's like when women often feel guilty to ask for more, you're like, well, this is, this yeah. is good. Like last year we didn't get this. And yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But is it, it's not acceptable still, you know? And, then, yeah. and I remember like one story and I argued with our GM at the time and I apologize for it, but we won, I think the C-Dub or whatever it was that we won some kind of tournament. The hats? And they provided us hats, like a three-on-three tournament from some butt fuck. <laughs> Sorry, my term. Like Nowhere the- tourney as a champion hat. Oh yeah, champion it's, it's hats like, are pumped. It's like they like, went to the thrift store, found a bucket a of hats. I'm like, like what? Oh, and then the, hats. I couldn't understand how people so were like, "This is so sweet." I'm like, no. No, are you effing kidding me at this point? Like, you know, and this is one little little story, but but like again, yeah. women's like having to yeah we're okay with this thank you thank you so yeah, much yeah. no actually we deserve this and you know this is a i guess one little story from the canadian but honestly it wasn't not it was not nearly as bad as like the blades or like yeah. maybe even you guys noxy like i i feel like we we didn't see anything because we had we had like a group of 40 people working like, yeah 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 i mean amazing volunteers for us. you really do rely on the hard work of the volunteers who don't get nearly enough credit and we talked about yeah. that a little bit in yeah. our episode with alexis as well and i think like when we started the secret dream gap tour that was one of the things that we knew when we brought nhl clubs on that it couldn't just be oh yeah sure we'll throw the WHP yeah. logo yeah. on your website like no, we want you to host us. We want you to, you know, pay for us to come yeah. to your city and treat us like professionals. And it was really well received by these NHL franchises, yeah. which in my head is like, okay, I mean, that's amazing because now they're putting open. money behind it saying, yeah, yeah like it's- I would pay to have you guys come here. And I, I, you know, like you said, steps, you know, there's always going to be progress to be made, but um, in the last three years, what we've done with the tour has just been like really eye-opening to see the NHL mm-hmm. franchises kind of, you know, be that open-minded to say, well, yeah, obviously we would host you guys. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. obviously like we, we don't want it to be performative. It. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, it's like we, it's like we never asked before. You know what I mean? It's like you get stuck in it though, because right. like, you know, the C-Dub sometimes I felt the guilty because it's like, if you criticize the league you're in, I don't want to, I don't want to shit on the people who build it, you know, because. And we know them. We know them personally. I mean, it was players that started themselves. Like, yes. And they used to drive in, in their cars down to Toronto. (laughs) And they're good people doing what they believe is best for the sport. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And it, I mean, there was definitely some positive incremental change, but like, as it, uh, younger now I'm an old person but as a younger person <laughs> when you enter it in it right you're not going to go in there and and say well why don't we have these things but you know and that's again the complacency issue and being grateful for what you have but you know I think in the last couple of years and with with the folding of the c-dub it's 
it's kind of allowed us that freedom to, to be angry because right. now you're not, you know, you don't feel like you're shitting on <laughs> the legends yeah. of the league and, and, you know, you have literally nothing to lose. So yeah. we're yeah. going to be loud. <laughs> and then we kind of discovered our worth like through yeah. it all. Like, I mean, like we always knew, right. That we deserved a professional league and everything, but like, how do we ask this or how do we go about yeah. it yeah. now? People are interested. People want to help. And, and we, we figured out even, even though we were saying it, did we truly yeah. believe that we were worth something like that was, you know, at that level, or was it always yeah. just the national girls? Like, right. you know what I mean? Like there was always yeah. a little bit of doubts and, and, and players minds probably. So yeah, I, I think and that I would say, I think, I think it comes from, you know, we, we, we talked to the importance of visibility and, and having people see, role models and people achieving things that they might want to achieve that they didn't think they belong, you know, little girls seeing, you know, women playing professional. But I think we kind of, well, personally, I was thinking about this before coming on because I figured we we're going to talk about this. It is, I, I kind of saw myself in the WNBA players mm-hmm. and the U.S. women's soccer team. And then when you yeah. see other people standing up for what they deserve and what they need and, It, it kind of gave us courage, I think. I think yeah, without yeah. really knowing it, um, seeing those examples, you know, it kind of reassured us that hey, we're not we're not crazy. We do yeah, deserve this thing. Like it's so you, funny. Yes, saw, we're not asking. So much. Yeah, I saw Danielle Goya. She was on an interview. Uh, you know, in anticipation of the gold medal game, which is happening tonight. So, what, if you're, when you're listening to this, this is last night. We don't know what's yeah. going to happen. We're going to give you our predictions next. But Danielle Goyette said, when she played in the '98 Olympics, she yeah. said at that time somebody asked her where will the game be in 10 years, and she said there'll be a professional league, and that would have been you know 2008. Yeah, yeah. And now here we are still having this conversation. So yeah, the game is in the right hands. You know, there's lots of good people working to move this forward. Let's go to the Olympics. Okay. No spoiler alerts because we are not time travelers. No. What are your predictions? We have Canada USA tonight at 11 p.m. Eastern time. What do you think? I don't know. (laughs) It's so (laughs) tough. It's so tough because. Okay. Let's start easy. Is there extra time? I hope not. Wait, did they change the rules about shootouts? Because. Yes, they changed, oh, but they did. Okay. They changed. Yeah. So there's no more shootouts. Shootout. It's continuous three on three sudden death. So stupid. Okay. You you know what? I, I think there will be. I, I think yeah. this game is too unpredictable. Like we can't rely on any of the their previous meetups. Yeah. Um, the Olympics are something there's special. So you emotions. don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. So like, three for three on extra time. Yeah, these are yeah. like prop bets. <laughs> They go extra time. If <laughs> Jamie Lee Rattray gets more than seven minutes, I win that bet. Okay, yo, final score. Oh, no, we can't. Like, we can't I, go down that. She road. doesn't need. She doesn't need more. She's yeah, got a score. True. It doesn't we'll matter. It's all good. Minutes. We good. Okay. okay, final score. Obviously, three, we're two. one goal game. So, what's your prediction? I'm going three two. Do you, you already said three two? Yeah. Mm. Mm. Uh, that's a, that's like the prime score. That, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's history repeating itself. Literally. I'll say, okay. Okay. So I had, before you guys go, I had two, two thoughts. I was going, it's either going to go four one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. I had that thought too. or it's going to go back and forth. And actually someone else guessed or was saying four, three. And I went, mm, mm-hmm. no, I think three, two would be cam okay, with team four, oh, three. Right. <sighs> 
Fine, fine. I'll go two one. Keep it simple then. <gasps> Sounds good. Two like one it. for who? We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah. Yeah, we can't, so we can't we might put that kind of little, pressure on little it. hard, but you know, <laughs> there's so so many great players. So many friends on both teams. So I it's know. tough to cheer for it, you know. And as as we said, you know, the PWHPA is very well represented. These are our friends, our colleagues, um, our competitors. We wish everyone Absolutely. health and safety first and foremost. Yes. Uh, have a great hard game. And yeah, I can't wait to wrap it up next week. Of course, you can catch Mel at the upcoming showcase in <laughs> Ottawa. February 26th and 27th, where she and Team Harvey's from Montreal take on the Boston region Team Bauer in their first game at 3 p.m. on the 26th. So make sure you go online to pwhpa.com to check those tickets. Mel, we wish you good luck in the upcoming showcase, but not too much in case you space Toronto here. Um, <laughs> you know, good luck in your studies, in your work. And of course, uh, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. Mel, spoiler alert, Moxie is on Toronto. The Noxie and Cax Show on SDPN, produced in partnership with the PWHPA. Follow Noxie and Cax on Twitter at 27Noxie and at CareLMart. The views expressed are those of the individuals and are not necessarily those of the PWHPA. Check out SDPN.ca for more Noxie and Cax and the rest of the SDPN crew. She scores!